the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Kind of cloudy today. Making a shower late tonight or overnight. 62 the high before the day is done. 50 the low this evening. Then tomorrow still on the cloudy side. 72 the high. Warming up a bit for Sunday. Warming up to 75. But on the cloudy, even rainy side, maybe a couple of showers or thunder showers too. Flyers lost 3-2 to the Islanders. In a shootout last night. They're home tomorrow. 2, after, uh, two in the afternoon against Boston. The uh, Sixers are at New Orleans tonight at 8. Philly's also in action against the Braves this evening. First pitch, 7-20. Speaking of Phillies, we have a special guest on the program today. We have several special guests. In fact, this is um, a famous Friday show I think you're going to really enjoy. We have several wonderful guests lined up, each with different things to be chatting about. Our first guest in a couple of moments, singer-songwriter Ginny Owens. She's part of that faithful live stream event. That's coming up on Saturday, May 1st at 8 p.m. You can get info and tickets on that at WFIL.com. Amy Grant's part of that. Ellie Holcomb and uh, Jenny Owens, again, who's going to be joining us. Faithful's presenting songs and stories of God's kindness to women throughout history. And today, we think you'll like that a lot. And Jenny will be sharing about that, a little bit about music. And she has an interesting story as well uh, because she is blind. And so she experiences life in a very different way. And so we'll be chatting about that a little bit. I'm sure we'll touch on that. Also joining us uh, from the Phillies of sorts, for sure, really, actually, uh, the one and only Tom Burgoyne, very good friend of the Philly Fanatic. <clears throat> and um, there's a special event that he'll be part of this coming Monday. We'll let you know about. Uh, well, sorry, uh, there's a deadline if you want to get part of it. It's this coming Monday. The actual event is Friday the 23rd, a couple of weeks from now. And we also have... Uh, on our program today, the one and only, I'm saying the one and only a lot, uh, Tony Orlando. Yeah, the Tony Orlando. So it's a full show. We're going to knock out our first break so we can get things rolling here. Back with more in just a moment. Thank you for tuning in today. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 4.07 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for listening in. Our first guest, welcome aboard singer-songwriter Ginny Owens. She's been doing music for a couple of decades now and uh, came on the scene in the late 90s, had some big songs called Free and If You Want Me To and many others since then. And she'll be part of the upcoming uh, the event on May 1st, it's a Saturday, 8 p.m., called Faithful. It's a live stream. You can get details on that at WFIL.com. Jenny, thanks for checking in. How are you? How are you? I'm great, thanks. Talk about, if you would, we could start off 
the present thing right now, the live stream event, the, the faithful event. But then also we could take a couple minutes just to also talk about a couple other things you've done over the course of your lifetime, the music and uh, the, the, the book or two. And I know you have another one coming out. So um, yeah. share a little backstory, if you would, on the faithful live stream event coming up on May 1st. Yes, I'm so excited about this. So faithful was an idea um, that the seed of it actually started in a meeting in 2015. My manager, David, and I were chatting about just kind of dreams and things that we'd love to see happen in the future. And he was like, you know, we're talking about like the idea of a collaborative event with women, with female artists um, who love Jesus. And so uh, we were talking about this and he said, wouldn't it be great if we should, you know, could make a concert out of something like that? And I was like, yeah, it would be great, but it sounds really impossible. Um, and so he began to talk with, first with um, Keely, a friend of ours from Compassion International. And she said, oh, that's a great idea. What if we added authors? And so that was kind of where it began. And then our friend Andy over at Integrity um, got involved and we started just dreaming more about like, what if it was, you know, uh, what, what if there was a, a CD uh, or, you know, music attached to it and, and you know, maybe other things. And so um, we began to see it come to fruition. They uh, kind of put their heads together and invited all kinds of different um, artists, all kinds of different female artists together. And we, we got together for lunch and just started dreaming together and started writing and um after several writing sessions, we had more than enough material for our first album, and it was all about the women in the Bible and who they were, what their lives were like, and where their lives kind of intersect ours. So we started there, um, and the coolest thing that would happen at the end of every one of the camps we did, I think we did three camps total. And so at the end of each one, we would get together after we had spent the day writing, you know, like maybe two or three or four of us at a time, a couple of authors, a couple of artists together in a room, exploring uh, the story of one uh, female uh, person in the Bible. And we would write about those women in a song. And then at the end of each camp, we would gather together and we would play those songs for each other tell the stories behind them. And it was so cool. Uh, and so that is sort of the, uh, that was the impetus for this live stream concert. It is absolutely just like what it was when we were together at those camps. We kind of are inviting our friends who watch uh, into this space where we get together, uh, share our hearts, share the stories that we, that really resonated with us and then share the music that came from um, those writing sessions. And so lots of collaboration, lots of everybody singing together and playing instruments. It's so much fun. So I'm, I'm really excited for everyone to get to, to see it. That sounds great. Jenny Owens is our guest and the event is coming up May 1st, eight o'clock faithful. It's a live stream event. You can get info and tickets at WFIL.com. The album itself, I understand, you know, uh, faithful go and speak has songs from a lot of different folks. And um, I, I guess, did each person contributing to that to the album come up or by by herself like with a their own song that person's own song and pick the person out of scripture? No, nope. We all that's what we did at, at our faithful camps is we got together and we wrote all of those songs together. Okay. So 
every song has at least usually at least one author and the rest artists. So it it was very it was collaborative all the way. Okay. Super special. Was, yeah. Is there is there a woman in the Bible that you resonate with the most that you want or a couple or? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the this project also has a book that comes with it, and the one that I wrote about in the book is Hannah. And what I love about Hannah's story is that she was, you know, by by the world standards, she was a victim. Like she uh, she was alone in her struggle. She couldn't have children. And back in that time, nobody would say, wow, that is, I'm so sorry for you. They would just kind of dismiss her. And um, her husband had two wives that never worked out well in the Bible, never works out well anywhere. And (laughs) so, so she was kind of, the other wife did have children. So she was sort of scorned and made fun of and abused because of that. And, and her husband was always like, well, you know, why are you sad? Don't you, am I not enough for you? You know, so he kind of misunderstood her pain. So, but Hannah, um, you know, after just sort of feeling full of anguish and being very frustrated with life, she went to God with everything that was wrong in her life. She, uh, instead of sort of praying politely, which I have tended to do at times in my life, she actually goes and is just completely honest with her pain, with what she wants. And God works in her life because of that and changes her uh, into a person who is just deeply at peace and satisfied that he is enough. So I love that story because I need to remind myself that, you know, (laughs) that that's the way we pray is to go to God just in complete honesty with whatever big and small things are on our hearts and that that's actually when he can speak back to us um, and change us. Um, no matter what those circumstances are that we're facing. So she's one of my favorites, um, but gosh, there's so many more. I, I love uh, Deborah, the judge who was a leader of Israel uh, in the days when Israel really didn't want to do what God was telling them to do, and she she led them uh, in victories uh, despite their, you know, their resistance to God. She she really turned the nation around. So, yeah, there there are many stories of amazing women. And it was so fun to just get to sit with those stories and then write songs about them. Ginny Owens, our guest on the Tim DeMoss show. Faithful is the event May 1st, eight o'clock WFIL.com for info for tickets. You personally, with all of these things, as you've seen them come together, as you've described, uh, do you have a particular hope for the evening? uh, You know, as folks tune in that you, you, you know, people will take what they will from it, but any main thing you're hoping people who view will, will come away with? Yeah, you know, I hope that people will, uh, first and foremost, be encouraged uh, just in this kind of unsettling season, long unsettling season that we found ourselves in, that people will be really encouraged by the truth of Scripture and the reality that we aren't the first folks in history to deal with really difficult things. So certainly uh, when we think about women of the Bible, we're thinking about a different culture uh, but we're not thinking of um, different, you know, uh, issues necessarily. Like they all had pain. They all struggled to, to trust God even when it was difficult. So I hope that people will just be encouraged by the music um, and by the words that are shared. Um, and, and also just will be encouraged to investigate the stories that we sing and talk about uh, beyond beyond that evening. And, and ultimately, too, I, I want people to just, to enjoy it uh, and and sense the heart behind it and have a good time 
just the same way we had a good time uh, putting the album and the book together. I would think that Faithful is right in your wheelhouse because not only have you done many albums over the years, but you've also written a book and you have another one coming out. You have a video that you've created, the How I See It video. So you, you like lots of different things, which is neat to see the creativity God gives you to be able to spill out in many different directions. Yeah, thanks. It is. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, my book comes out the same day as the live stream. It's called Singing in the Dark, Finding Hope in the Songs of Scripture. And it's actually my first solo author book. So it's a lot of my story as well as just kind of a journey into some different songs in Scripture. So hopefully that will be encouraging to people as well. That's great, too. Last question for you, too. The How I See It video, which uh, I guess you invite people into your daily life and and see what you go through day by day. I have a daughter um, who uh, actually... She, long story short, she lost her sight when she was young, and um, she has some of it back through a light therapy that we did, but still very uh-huh. other, other challenges she has going on, too. What, uh, as you look back on your life and you think about things, any main thought about God's work in and through you over the years, and, and maybe even a little bit what how, the How I See It video uh, is about for folks who might look to check that out? So the How I See It, there's, I think at this point, maybe we have about six, seven videos in the series. Um, and they go through things like, uh, how do I put on makeup? And how do I cross the street without getting run over? And so uh, you can find those on my YouTube channel at Jenny Owens Music. But they are um, they're little windows into my world because I realized, as I'm sure you've known with your daughter, that people have a lot of questions and sometimes they don't, they're not sure if they should ask those questions. And so uh, when I started to realize that, I was like, well, yeah, I can answer a lot of these. So it was really fun to um, kind of find creative ways to tell that part of my story uh, to people. And then, but, but yeah, I mean, I do think the beautiful thing about how, uh, how life works is that God has, you know, prepared us to um, all in different ways uh, to uh, serve the world and to, to know him. And so I, I always tell people, I am a very sort of uh, independent kind of driven person in many ways. And so I know that if I had sight, I would miss a whole lot more things than I do because I would just be ready to go all the time and probably probably leave other people behind and just kind of, you know, go do my own thing. And um, I feel like one of the things that God has challenged me to do um, with, you know, the fact that I can't see is to um, – to listen really well to other people, to hear their joys and their pain and to know who they are. Um, and also, you know, just the challenge that comes with not being able to see um, is, is that other people don't see me very well. Like they kind of dismiss me at times or they think of me as less than, and I'm sure anyone who has a, a physical uh, challenge or difference or anyone who has a family member with such, knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I feel like what that gives us an opportunity to do is to make sure we see those around us. And we can do that because we know that God sees us. God sees everything about us. He sees our heart, our pain, what we're longing for. And so I love just being able to see other people and pour that hope into them. I love that. That's great. Jenny, it's great to to connect with you once again. I hope it's not another 20 years before you talk again. Absolutely. Me too. Thank you so much for your time. All right. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for sharing about Faithful and the book and everything else and for sharing your heart. And look forward to folks checking out uh, Faithful on May 1st. Have a great rest of your day. Yes.
Thank you. You too. Bye for now. Bye. Jenny Owens. I've known Jenny for a long time, but I haven't talked to her since her first album came out. Her second album. This is from her first album. Thought I'd give you a taste of it. One of her first singles called Free. Jenny Owens, the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. AM560WFIL.com. On the app, it's Jenny Owens. G-I-N-N-Y, like Virginia. Jenny Owens on the Tim DeMoss Show. The song Free. She's one of a number of artists who'll be part of that uh, wonderful special live stream event happening on the 1st of May, Saturday, May 1st. So you can get details, tickets for that at WFIL.com. We're going to take a short break and then come back with the second of our special guests on the program today, Tom Burgoyne, very good friend of the Philly Fanatic, joins us in just a few moments. And on the back end of the program, the one and only Tony Orlando is going to be a part of our famous Friday show, too. Stay tuned for all that right now. It's Tim DeMoss Show. Keep continuing on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 426 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening to our famous Friday broadcast. We bring to you now husband, dad, author, an all-around good guy, and very good friend of the Philly Fanatic. We're talking about Tom Burgoyne. Hey, Tom, how you doing, my friend? Hello, Timmy D. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for hanging out today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is great. It's a beautiful day. The Phillies are 5-1. and one. That's it. They're doing great. What a wonderful start to the season. Exciting. Uh, Fanatic, I, you know, I haven't been to the ballpark yet. Uh, you're a very good friend, the Fanatic, uh, in his element, out there doing his thing to some degree? Yeah, to some degree. It's a little different this year. Uh, of course, it was really different last year. I mean, the Fanatic was the only the only creature roaming the uh, the ballpark, you know. Uh, he was the only <laughs> fan. He was the only fan. He had all those cardboard cutouts, and that was about it. So uh, it is awesome to have, uh, you know, about 10,000 in the park every day. It's awesome. Probably feels like 100,000 after nothing last year. It must be, you know, a great thing for everybody to feel that, that energy in the ballpark again. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, the, the players – you know, when you hear them being interviewed, uh, you know, they're saying the same thing. It's, it was like uh, the playoff, the playoff atmosphere down there. It's amazing what 10,000 people, uh, you know, the electricity they can generate, the noise they can make. Uh, and, Tim, I just get the sense, you know, people, you know, this first series, people were just so excited to be back at the ballpark. You know, they're people who, uh, you know, really who, who missed coming to the ballpark. And uh, we had some great weather, some great games. And just a great, great atmosphere down there. Fanatic's not known for giving people um, space. So has he been able to behave himself so far? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is funny. I mean, uh, you know, it's not as crowded, you know, so uh, the Fanatic can get around. Uh, There are some differences this year, though. Um, You know, we can't, because of the restrictions, uh, we can't really bring people down onto the field. Uh, You might notice, like, our national anthem singer and, uh, you know, some special recognitions pregame. Uh, we can't do that on the field now. So uh, we have built a stage out in center field right on Ashburn Alley that overlooks the ballpark. And the Fanatic has kind of taken that over as his dance floor, uh, you know, so because uh, it's kind of hard to dance by yourself every night, Tim. You know, <laughs> you, you can only do the Billy Idol song, Dancing With Myself, so many times. You know, the Fanatic needs a dance partner. Yes. So, uh, yes. 
So he's got great dance partners this year. Um, Toyota has been a, a, a great partner of the Phillies over the years, and uh, they've uh, helped us sponsor the uh, Frontline Hero Dance. So uh, the Fanatic gets a chance to dance with community heroes all season long, and it's uh, it's his honor. He's loving it. He's met doctors and nurses and teachers. Uh, I think he was dancing with a firefighter the other night. People who've had it pretty tough during this pandemic. You know, it's pretty cool that, you know, they get a chance to dance with the Fanatic. Folks just tuning in, Tom Burgoyne, our guest. He's a very good friend of the Philly Fanatic, among other things. And I want to get to something here in a second, but just so folks understand also, you've written books, you have a podcast with John Brazier, who's joined our program too. Uh, the name is it Backstage with Braze and Burgoyne? Or how, what's the title of that again? Yeah, Philly's backstage with well, it depends who you talk to. Yeah. Philly's backstage with Burgoyne and Braze, or uh, Philly's backstage with Braze and Burgoyne. We go either way. Yeah. We're very flexible. Okay, so that's good. <laughs> and, and folks can get the podcast if they want because you do a lot of interviews in that podcast, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's been great, Timmy. I mean, we've been doing this for uh, a few years now. We've had some great guests, uh, you know, over the years. It's really neat to talk to people who, in whatever their field, and you know better than anybody, Tim. I mean, you've, you've interviewed so many people, and it's just so fascinating to talk to people who basically are at the top of their profession, you know, yeah. no matter what it is. And uh, especially in a, a competitive world like uh, baseball or sports or broadcasting or uh, any of the fields we're, we're associated with. So it's just been really cool. Um, we post them on the Phillies website. You can get it, you know, at Apple or wherever you get your podcast. And okay. uh, yeah, we just really have a lot of fun with it. How often, roughly, would you say? Come. Yeah, we do about two or three a month. Okay. And um, yeah, we have a fun one coming up. Joe Conklin, the great Philly, uh, you know, impersonator who yeah. can do all the voices and great <laughs> personality and a great guy. That'll be posting soon on the Phillies website. Okay. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, That's excellent. Fun. You know, and speaking of which, one little known fact, perhaps folks may not know that your very good friend, the Philly Fanatic, was inducted into the inaugural class of the Mascot Hall of Fame some time ago, and that the Fanatic's actually, I guess, part of that exhibit in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Well, he's in a couple of Halls of Fame, if you can believe it, Tim. I mean, uh, you know, years ago, it, it was really one of the thrills of my life. Uh, in 2002, when Harry Callis uh, was inducted with the Ford C. Frick Award, um, that same year, the, the Cooperstown called, and they wanted to uh, enshrine the Fanatic. Uh, and uh, we, we made a, the, the costume basically a, a permanent fixture at Cooperstown. And uh, it was just the greatest weekend, you know, one of the best weekends of my life. I mean, we had Harry up there. There was a big party for him. And the Fanatic got, you know, a little bit of love that weekend, too. I had my family up there. Just just a great time. And then, uh, yeah, a few years later, the uh, Mascot Hall of Fame came into being, and the Fanatic was in the inaugural class. And now they have a great museum. Uh, if you're ever in the Chicago area, out in Whiting, uh, Illinois, um, not far from Chicago, they have the, the Mascot Hall of Fame Museum. And it is really, really cool. Great, A great spot for families and kids. That is fantastic. And just um, so bottom line, folks need to know the fanatic is not just another pretty face. He has um, some serious substance to him that allows him to <laughs> you know, accomplish that. <laughs> I Hall don't of- know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching the Hall of Fame is a pretty special thing. That's a great thing. Well, we need to take a quick break, uh, but you're going to be part of a, a wonderful event coming up soon. So after our quick break, we will get into that and a lot more 
Um, just a quick check on the forecast first. 50 for the low tonight. Maybe some rain late tonight and overnight. Cloudy kind of all weekend, but warming up. 72 the high tomorrow. Sunday, 75. Shower, thunder shower possible over the weekend as well. Back with Tom Burgoyne, very good friend of the Philly Fanatic. In just a second, it's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 435 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for listening in today. Very special guests that we have on at the moment. Tom Burgoyne, very good friend of the uh, Philly Fanatic. You have, over the years, had the opportunity to meet a lot of ball players. Um, and one of them, and probably one of the most beloved Phillies in the last 30 or 40 years, Darren Dalton. And uh, just share about, there's an event coming up. We could maybe start with that and then just take a little bit to talk about the foundation itself that, that's putting on this event on the 23rd of April. Yeah, 23rd of April. You got it right, Tim. Uh, the Darren Dalton Foundation is uh, having hosting a great night. It's going to be a virtual painting night. And it's with uh, former Eagle Trey Thomas, as a matter of fact. Um, he has a place in Cherry Hill um, called Pinot's Palette. And uh, it's one of those places. I don't know if you've ever done it, Tim. I've always wanted to go to one of these places and, and paint, you know, learn to paint. You know, they give you, you know, there's a, one that the whole class does and you, you paint, you know. And uh, yeah. my wife is, I don't know, she's like afraid that, you know, her her painting skills aren't good. Or I tried to get her out before the pandemic, you know, it'd be a great date night. Let's go out and yes, paint. Yes. And, uh, and then the pandemic hit and we never got a chance to do it. So uh, this is going to be pretty cool. It's going to be a virtual. So it's going to be done via zoom. Um, it's on April 23rd. And uh, we're asking people to sign up uh, by this Monday, April 12th, because what they do is they actually ship you the, uh, the paint supplies, the canvas, uh, the brushes, you know, everything you're going to need. Yeah. And, uh, and then on April 23rd, it's at six o'clock at night. Uh, I just think it's going to be really cool. What we have Tommy green and Nikki Morandini, of course, uh, those two guys from, uh, the 1993, uh, Philly national league championship season and teammates of Darren's, uh, they're going to be, uh, you know, uh, on the, you know, on it that night, they'll, they'll be, uh, handling a Q and a, we have Joe, the camera radio personality, sports guy is going to be hosting, uh, and it's just going to be a fun act. And rumor has it, Tim, my friend might show up. He might he might show up to see if he can paint something, <laughs> <laughs> which should be interesting. Yes. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Yes. Well, and I think you actually bring up a great point when you mentioned your wife. And uh, folks need to understand they do not need to be the next Van Gogh to participate. You, you can just bring yourself, and it's all for a great cause. It is. Yeah, it's a great cause. And, yeah, the foundation's been doing great work. Uh, Tim, you know, uh, 2013, Darren was diagnosed with brain cancer, uh, glioblastoma, and very aggressive form of brain cancer. And uh, he succumbed in 2017. But before he did, he started this foundation. And uh, it really does help uh, families who have been affected uh, with the disease. Uh, we offer financial assistance to those families. And um, you know, it's, it's really been very, uh, you know, humbling for me to be part of just even for the last uh, couple of years. You mentioned John Brazier, my partner in crime on the podcast. Uh, John was real involved for a number of years and still is. Um, we have an annual golf um, outing that uh, raises a lot of money. And uh, that is in October this year, okay. uh, October 11th. Yep. 
So that's a big one. So definitely, uh, if you go on online, Darren Dalton Foundation dot uh, org, uh, it, it it has all the information, upcoming events, and you can kind of see, you know, how you can get involved, maybe volunteer, uh, donate, just be part of our our great community. Um, it's really a, a lot of fun. People have known Dutch, people who didn't know Dutch, even if you didn't know him. Timmy, I know you you've got a chance to meet him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he, 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 sure. Grab me around the shoulder and give me a kiss on the forehead. You know, that's exactly what he would do. He would give you a big hug, a kiss. Uh, I know he called me chicken all the time. You know, it was uh, he wasn't sure what the fanatic was. It would just be, hey, chicken. That's funny. Yeah, I got to know him at some of those golf events. Uh, and and yeah, you know, and you I was going to just ask you because I, I got to meet him a number of times, but not know him as well as you for sure. Well, just so folks understand too, the person. Uh, Darren Dalton. They have their impressions of him. A strong, handsome guy. Played ball, you know, gritty. All the surgeries and uh, and helped anchor the '93 team for the Phillies. It almost got the job done there. It was a very exciting year and and played for you know a better part of a decade or twelve years here. And then finally, actually at the very end, won a World Series at the very end of the '97 season uh, with the Marlins. But you got to see him day in day out. What's an aspect of Darren that you really appreciated? It, whether it's something people might know already or might not. Well. Uh, the first thing, I guess, is leadership. You know, he was just such a great leader. And uh, I just always uh, am fascinated by leaders, you know, uh, and just uh, admire the good ones. And he was a good one. You know, he was the guy who, you know, it was a weird bunch of guys in 93. It was very diverse and crazy, uh, you know, locker room. And uh, not all were, you know, really into talking to the media and Darren didn't seek it out, but he just knew that, you know, he was going to be the guy up front that, you know, let, let his team, you know, go about their business and, and he would handle a lot of that. Um, he also handled a lot of, uh, you know, Jim Fregosi, you know, as a, you know, was a great leader in his own right. But uh, he went to Darren before that season started in 93 and said, Hey, I need you to, you know, help me out and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, be the, the leader in the clubhouse. You know, I think if you have a boss, you never want to, you know, hear it from your boss or your parent, <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you know, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But if you have a, you know, a friend or a colleague or, or, or a teammate or somebody you, you stand side by side with, uh, who's, you know, leading by example, and at times would have to get in guys' faces. And this is the way we do things. So just as a leader, Tim, that, that was the thing that always struck me about Baron. And then of course, you know, he was just, uh, such a likable guy. You hit it on the head. I mean, everybody saw he gave a big hug, a big kiss, um, and uh, was just such a kind soul. So his his kindness, I guess, uh, you know, really always shown through and impressed me too. Folks, just tuning in, Tom Burgoyne, very good friend of the Philly Fanatic, joining us uh, just for a few more minutes here. And uh, before I forget, uh, you actually wrote a book about the 93 team, didn't you, at one point? Yeah, I did, yeah. You know, it was called uh, More Than Beards, Bellies, and Biceps. And we called it More Than, Tim, because, you know, we were. Uh, I wrote it with a, a friend of mine, uh, Bob Gordon, an, a local author. And, um, you know, we thought, oh, you know, beards, bellies, and biceps, what a great name for, you know, that crazy group of guys. But as we talked to all those players, we knew there was, like, more more behind it than that, you know. So we called it more than beards, bellies, and biceps. And, um, yeah, we, it was really cool. I mean, we talked to every player on that team 10 years after the fact. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting to hear uh, you know, kind of what they had to say in retrospect, you know, and, and why they all had such great seasons and why they gelled and why the city, you know, uh, took to them the way they did. And 
Um, Darren was just such a central figure in that, and they all mentioned Darren as being just the, the key guy. You know? Sure. Well, so that's that. That's the book folks can look up. And just to reiterate, too, the Darren Dalton Foundation, darrendaltonfoundation.org for info on the work that they do, and especially the virtual painting night coming up Friday, April 23rd, this coming Monday, the deadline for that with Trey Thomas, the former Eagle teaching that, and you mentioned a couple of the te- uh, players from the 93 team going to be part of that, Tommy Green and Mickey Morandini. So it's exciting. It's good stuff. It's, it's uh, you know, and you mentioned Darren's compassion, I guess, there, his kindness. Um, my understanding is he actually had started this foundation partly to help the homeless, before, and then it shifted uh, the mission of it. But it, like he had a heart for, for the weak in the community and those who really needed help. I mean, that, that's not everybody, not everybody has eyes for that. So. No, yeah. And especially, you know, to be in that condition, Tim, you know, you've been told you, you know, you had brain cancer and an aggressive form of brain cancer. And, uh, you know, I think most of us, you know, kind of would bury our heads in the sand, you know, but uh, Darren didn't do that. Um, you know, he wanted to give back and, um, you know, give back to families. So I think it does, uh, give you a great indication of, uh, you know, his heart. No question about it. Yeah. Hey, Tom, it's great to talk to you. And uh, we hope that we can do it more again. You know, I think we've had, I don't know, three or 400 guests over, grateful for, over the last two, three years. And I believe you were on the very first show. I think so. <laughs> the inaug- Once again, the inaugural, uh, you know, class. You know, I'm, I'm honored, Tim. It's like Letterman. I think David Letterman had Bill Murray, which is like his first guest on TV. And so when Letterman finally signed off, uh, Bill Murray was his last guest. So you got to promise me now <laughs> that, you know, okay. if you ever hang it up, I will be your last guest and I'll bookend it. <laughs> That'll be good. I, I hope that this is not the last one. Lord willing, we got more to come. But yes, because I think we've had you once or twice before. You had the story time with the Fanatic last year. That was fun. During yeah, whatever. yeah. And then my other book, uh, Feel the Love. You know, I do a leadership book and uh, keynotes and all that stuff. So you were nice enough to have me on to promote Feel the Love. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you've been a great friend over the years. And, of course, you know, you're the greatest DJ in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, when, when it comes to the Fanatic meeting, some, some music to dance to. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I know who to turn to. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. It's kind of you to say. If folks do want to look you up um, for keynote speaking, as that becomes a thing again, potentially, is there a best way to look you up? Uh, and they can type your name in on Amazon or whatever to find or Google to find your books and things. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I have a website, TomBurgoyne.com. So uh, there you go, well, yeah, TomBurgoyne.com. Uh, of course, Phillies.com if you want to catch the, the, the podcast. And, um, yeah, we are so excited, Tim. I, I really, I'll make one more thing. If, if I can make a prediction about this year. We're okay. talking about the 93 team. I, I'm, I'm kind of tying two things together, and it has to do with Darren. You know, in 1993, just before spring training, Dutch signed a contract, and it's a contract extension. Like, he really got his money. After all the knee surgeries and uh, Bill Giles uh, and, and the ownership group, you know, they, they signed Darren, uh, you know, just before that spring training. And it really gave the clubhouse a lift. It was like, wow, you know, Darren, you know, they all felt happy for him. It, it kind of brought the team together. It was one of the first things that spring training brought the team together. And JT Real Muto, our catcher, you know, kind of a – has become a little bit of the heart and soul of the team. Uh, you know, he got, you know, his big contract. And, of course, we brought back E.D. Gregorius, too. But I think it really helped uh, with just the positivity in the in the locker room, uh, the, the vibe coming out of spring training. Uh, these guys, you know, it's a great mix of veterans and, 
and young players. But, uh, you know, I think they all really rallied around that. Like, hey, we got the gang back together again. And, uh, I, you know, hey, we, we started out hot in 93. I think we went 17-5 and five in April. And, you know, all of a sudden the Phillies are starting out hot. So they're all good vibes coming out of Phillies' uh, uh, world right now, Timmy. I like it. I like it. And hopefully by the fall, things have opened up even more. And uh, more and more fans can be at the ballpark to witness what could be a, a really strong run in the playoffs and maybe back to the World Series. That would be that'd be so. This town rocks when that when that sort of thing happens. You know it better than anybody. It, it does. It does. And uh, yeah. Well, let's all hope for that. And it's just <laughs> so great having the fans back. And yeah, hopefully we're all out. You know, on Broad Street in October. I mean, that would just be the best. First things first, there's some painting to do the 23rd of April. It's a Friday, 6 to 8. Details on that with the Darren Dalton Foundation, darrendaltonfoundation.org. Tom Burgoyne, thank you so much for hanging out today. Have a great rest of your day, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks a lot, Tim. All right. Tom Burgoyne, very good friend of the Philly Fanatic. You spell his last name B-U-R-G-O-Y-N-E. If you're looking for his website, Coming up next, Tony Orlando, Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Capping up our famous Friday show on WFIL now with Tony Orlando. Hello. Hey, Tim. How are you? How are you, sir? Very well. How about you? I'm good. Good to talk to you on an iconic radio station. <laughs> yeah. You've had a few songs on this station over the years. Well, I'll tell you what. WFIL, I can remember. I remember this like yesterday. You guys went on a record called Halfway to Paradise in 1961. There were three stations that went on that record the same day. I can tell you what they were. WLS in Chicago, WFIL in Philadelphia, and WABC in New York. And that's when I got a call from Epic Records and said, you got to smash. Why? Because FIL just went on your record. I'll never forget those words. FIL, that's what they say. FIL just went on your record, Tony. <laughs> and, it was, and, and it went to number one on WFIL, I'm proud to say. And then that right after that, I went and did my first TV show in Philadelphia, which, of course, was American Bandstand. Yes. Wow. Wow. What a great memory and what a great story. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean it. It was like they never said WFIL in the record business. I don't know if you radio guys know that. They always referred to it as FIL. You're on FIL, man. You got a hit. <laughs> That's great. Well, what a great story, especially as you're celebrating the, you know, the six decades in music and entertainment and the uh, the new CD, a new release. Um, talk about that, too. What went into the, the big hits on Time Live that just released? Some of the songs and, and what went into it as far as using originals and or remaking them or a combination of both? No, we remade them. It was all idea from Time Live. They are great people. They know their product. They, as you know, you've seen them on television with Time Live. And uh, they just called us and said, why don't we do a celebration of your 60 years by putting out a timeless album uh all the big hits you had from all the number one records and top 10 records you had well we've had somewhere between 20 some odd top 10 records top 20 records but 
uh, I mean, top 40 records, but we had 10 top 10 records, and five of those were number one. So they picked those songs from Half of the Paradise, which came out in 61 on WFIL, as the story I told you, and became number one. And then all the way to the last record I did in 77. So that's a 20-some-odd-year span of making records that were on the charts and, and the, the biggest record period of my, of my career. So they put it out. They asked me to write a bonus song, a new song. I wrote it called America's My Hometown for Our Country yeah. with uh, Michael Amartian, who's a 21 Grammy recipient. Uh, and so we're off and running. And little did I realize, I had no idea that the reaction would be what it's been. I'm telling you, it, it, it is really humbling what's going on. Uh, and now I have a radio show, and I have great respect for you do, boy. I learned that radio is one, not an easy medium, but it takes a lot of pre-production and, you know, to do a radio show and to have a flow and have a rhythm and compete with all the radio stations and podcasts on television. That's all. You have to be good. I have great respect for people in radio now that I have a radio show on WABC in New York. So I'm still going along. At, I'm going to be 77 years old. And I still do 133 dates a year in a Broadway show coming on based on my life. God has blessed me, boy, big time. Amen. You know, I, I you, you covered a lot of ground there. I know you're on tour later this year. The closest, I think, to the Philly, greater Philadelphia area is Riverhead, New York, at least at this point, Suffolk Theater and the 13th of November. So folks can mark that off uh, as one thing. And your radio show itself as well. Um, talk about that a little bit. Folks want to catch it Saturday nights from 10 to midnight, if I'm not mistaken. WABC, as you know, is like FIL, is an iconic radio station in New York. It's an AM station. Yeah. It was a 50,000-watt station, still is. But it's because of live streaming, you're not only in the big city of New York, but you're all over the world. I mean, I get mail from this radio station from London, from Taiwan, from New Zealand, Australia. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And so I go on at uh, 10 o'clock Saturday nights, uh, you, you can see hear the show if you don't mind on wabcradio.com. Yep. Just hit it, hit the link, and you're there. But I follow the great Bruce Morrow, uh, who does four hours on that station that started with me, my first record in 1961. And here I am doing a radio show. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I'm having a ball doing it. I really am. I'm, I'm having a great joy doing radio. So. How, how have um, you stayed grounded all these years? When you think about ups and downs and all that, what, what would you attribute that to? Because you've won a lot of awards, you've done a lot of things, met a lot of people. You know, you look back at your life and say, how, how have you stayed grounded over the years? Well, if, if I hear the question correctly, you ask me how, you know, how have I sustained six, six decades? Is that what you mean? Yeah, and just and, and stayed, you know, and, and been able to navigate through these years and, and not, you know, find yourself r remaining with your feet on the ground because I, it's I easy. Can right? give you, I can only give you one answer to that. Yeah. And that is that God has blessed me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Other than maybe uh, if I had to really be technical about it, yeah. I think the live shows have kept me going. I always look at a live show as the, first, the last show I'll ever do. I, I, I take that show as what will keep me going because that person in that audience, if you give them everything you got and they really felt like they got everything of that from your show, 
They're going to go out and they're going to become your publicist. They're going to say to the next guy, hey, listen, you may not like Tony Orlando's records. You may not be a fan, but trust me, that's the best show I ever saw. You've got to be kidding me. No, let me take you. And that starts to multiply. And people tell people who tell people. And every time you come to a city or a town and you work a venue, uh, like when I worked Atlantic City, for instance, people from Philadelphia remember FIL. Remember me in those days. Uh, you know, remember me coming to the farm and kicking, kicking their butt with everything I got. <laughs> and then they come to, they say to friends, hey, let's go see Tony. He's at the Hard Rock or he's at the Brigada in Atlantic City. And they come and they're telling friends that I won't let them down. If there's one thing that I think if I could tell a young performer to do is make sure every show you do is like the last one you'll ever do. And I'm sure you approached your radio show that way. Yeah. Yeah, with gratefulness each day, you know, thankful, thankful God gives it to you the platform every day, want to do it well. And to your point, serve the audience. Think about the people who are listening, uh, you know, to, to really bring them something that will better their lives in one way or another. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then you know the secret. You see, that's the secret, <laughs> is you're doing it for them, not for you. Tony, congratulations on the new CD, the, uh, the new radio show, the Broadway show coming up uh, later this year, is it? Or time to? Yeah. Okay. Well, because, of, because of the pandemic, you know, Broadway closed down. Yeah. Yeah. But that may still happen at some point. It's in the, con- hopefully. Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking time. It's really great to make your acquaintance here at WFIL. And- Thank you. And, and continue success. And- Keep those great shows going on that great radio station, WFIL. Thank you, sir. Have a great rest of your day. You too, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tony Orlando on the Tim DeVos Show. Catch a podcast tonight at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.